Welcome to another episode of the Refined Real Estate Podcast. It's Manny here with Janelle and Ian. We are real estate investors in Halifax. Combined, we've done over 40 units in transactions. We've flipped houses, wholesaled, and much, much more. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please be kind and give us a five-star rating. We're talking about our first deals. Ian, do you want to tell us about your first one? Yeah, so I'll start. I've touched on it in previous podcasts, but I just remember um, probably two, three years of just listening to real estate podcasts, listening to uh, reading, you know, the business books and mindset and all this stuff and just having so much knowledge in my head about real estate investing, how to find properties, how to do this and that, but still sitting on the sidelines. So I, I'm sure some some listeners might be able to relate to that where it's like you're passionate about real estate, you know, that's where you want to go, but it's just so hard to to actually take that first step and like you've probably looked at some deals or you've analyzed a bunch of deals but to finally get into the first one i i, I definitely say i was fortunate in the timing of mine uh, i bought my very first house uh, about six years ago now uh, in north end halifax it was a traditional on the market buy and away we go um what was interesting to me about the house was it was uh, r2 zoning thinking okay the, the the plan here is to actually put an extra unit in the basement and have a unit that is paying my mortgage on the property so so no that that was all great so that lined up and that's the house that i bought so then i you know went right into house hacking i converted one of the like the kitchen room to an extra bedroom so and then i had four of my friends move in with me at the time so i was host hack host hacking to the max and it was great financially in the standpoint that i was getting passive income coming in that was paying all the bills but living with a bunch of your friends at 25 definitely made, uh, probably didn't help the cash flow situations. I'm like, I want you to paint this picture for us because I've like, I've seen your house. Um, and I just want to like envision this, what, like three bedroom house and like four guy, like where was the fourth guy sleeping? Uh, so it was That's before I, I had a unit, yeah, before I had a unit in, uh, before the basement was done. We have one bedroom down there, so that was half finished, half unfinished, and uh, had like a wood stove and was pretty cool. Then upstairs we had one, two, three, no, three. So sorry, I misspoke. So there was three, one. Oh no, so there is my um, what's now my kitchen area was converted into a bedroom. So there was two on the the downstairs then two upstairs and then one in the basement. So there's a total of five of us living there. Um, and it's only a three bedroom house. So, um, and again, the, the, this was pre renovation. So, you know, I put all my, uh, all my, my, my quarters together, my dimes together to get into this house. So no, no real money to do any of the renovations at the time, which was fine. It was, it was, fairly move-in ready obviously i've redone the whole thing now but um yeah it was a bit of a chaotic uh living space but uh yeah it was nice to, to host hack okay. something 
Yeah. And what were the numbers on it? Like, what was the purchase price? Like, what did you put down? Did you do five, 20? And then what was your rent? Yeah. So I was into that. I uh, bought it for around 260, I think it was. Um, so North End Peninsula, everything would be double that now at a minimum. And what we did or what I did, it was a 5% down with uh, $20,000 in mortgage plus improvements. And that was the other thing that I was looking for in the, uh, in the house was something where I could do some work and actually, you know, turn that uh, sweat equity um, into helping out with the down payment. And that's exactly how it worked out. So I uh, needed a new roof and new gutters and new all this and that. So I actually hired a company called Refine Roofing, which is my uh, roofing company to do the work. So shameless they, plug for Refine Roofing. Yeah, it's shameless plug. But what we were actually able to do is I had $20,000 for mortgage in the mortgage plus improvements. Refined so Refine Roof, yeah, for Refine Roofing, uh, turns out to replace the roof and do some of the painting costs right around twenty thousand dollars. So, um, so and you know it, it we that that was actually not an outrageous price for for redoing the roof. Like we resheathed it, and, you know, high high end shingles. I built a like a false dormer on it just for aesthetics and all this stuff. So it it actually would have been about twenty thousand dollars worth of work if I was charging another client that. But with me doing a lot of it and um, getting my suppliers to help me out because it's my own personal house and all that stuff, I was probably only out of pocket maybe five thousand dollars. And so my my down payment was around eighteen thousand or something, about eighteen thousand dollars. Then I got the twenty thousand dollar check back for the mortgage plus improvements. So to get into the house, it was only about yeah about five grand or so um, out of pocket. So it was a cool way to to get into my first house, um, just using the, the company and the skills that I had there. So that was a bit of a hack to get into my first house. Then I was just renting out the rooms at about 500 bucks a pop. So it was yeah, a cheap rent there too, but it was uh, yeah, a chaotic space to live. You did 5% down. Same mortgage must have been about 240-ish or something like that. And then you probably had, this is five years ago, so you're interest must have been like around the two three percent range and then your mortgage payment must have been if you're 240 my my quick math skills you must your mortgage payment must have been something like 1200 a month it was uh about 1200 a month um and then with property tax i think it rounded up to being about 1500 bucks so 1500 bucks and I had four roommates paying 500 bucks each. So I was cash, I was house hacking, living there, having my mortgage be paid off and still making, you know, uh, you know, but when, when you factor in utilities and uh, insurance, all that good stuff, I was probably breaking even on it, which again, was I was going from renting to my very first home where now I'm mortgage free or mortgage payment free um, out of my pocket and was able to then, you know, save that money to start putting into other other uh, projects and some was to renovate that house and all that good stuff. So, um, so yeah, I still own that house. Um, but now I, 
you know, I think it was about three or three, four years after the fact is when I actually added the basement unit down below. And now I Airbnb that property and, you know, it brings in and then I've refied it since. Uh, so my mortgage payments are higher, but I was able to pull out a, a, a big chunk of equity from that to then again buy some other properties. Um, but uh, now with Airbnbs and we'll see what the landscape is like when uh, the new rules hit, and what, uh, what you're able to get away with Airbnbs, but now that duplex in the North end, it, it was bringing in about $10,000 a month for uh, the upstairs revenue and the downstairs revenue. Um, then I, I pay a chunk for the people that manage it. Then obviously all the utilities and the higher mortgage now, but now it, it definitely still cash flows uh, nicely now. And, uh, but we'll see what happens with, uh, once mortgage rates or once, um, the, the rules for Airbnb change. Um, so as of now it cash flows, if I were to be renting it out traditionally, uh, I'd still get much higher rents now that it's all been redone, but you're still probably only cash flowing maybe a couple hundred bucks a month. But, um, uh, but yeah, the Airbnb has definitely helped out quite a bit. That's um, great. It's, it's a good first buy. Yeah. And again, I, which one? I'll go ahead. Uh, just, yeah, again, um, the market, like the, just the way the market timed out, that was the, that was definitely a huge, huge factor to, you know, how I was able to go on and pull out like it's just a, a really big chunk of equity and, and slingshot that into other projects, but also the forced appreciation by putting quite a bit of work into it. So it, uh, you know, I, I got the advantage of both of those. So it was, I was fortunate in that regard. My first property was somewhat similar to Ian in the fact that it was also a duplex. Um, it was uh, more or less a, a turnkey duplex. I didn't have to actually put in a totally new second unit. But I graduated from engineering in 2017. I actually worked in the States for four five months or so. The company I was working for, they placed me down there. And the intention was that I would move back to Nova Scotia. They had an operation there. And that operation was near the Cancer Causeway. And I, when I came back, like I kind of had, when I was in university, like I really had this vision, like I'd, done a co-op I'd worked for 16 months straight like I didn't live anywhere I was doing rotation work I was making um, some good money and I got a taste for that like kind of adult like work life having worked for 16 months over a year straight so when I went back for my final year like I, I had this vision I was like I can't wait to like be an adult like I just want to have a job and you know grow my finances just have more responsibility have more have more options like I'm kind of tired of being like stuck in school like I'm ready to move on to the next thing so in that spring the year that I was graduating before I moved to the states like I was looking at houses like I was ready to go like I didn't have a car when I was in university and I was like like kind of planning this this thing out I'm like okay like when I come back like I'll get a vehicle um I'll get a house like it's gonna be great and I, I pretty much did just that. So I was living in the states and I bought a car like on off Kijiji bought it from bought it like secondhand, like a, a couple years old. And then I also was looking at a house. So I was literally bought, <laughs> spent like $60,000 my first month back in Canada. Um, watched my bank account go from like way up here. And it was like, and we're done. Um, <laughs> so I was looking and I, from mining, I worked with a lot of people who had rental properties. So it was a good way to kind of hedge, um, hedge the industry against um, some downturns. 
so I was like, yeah, like I'll buy like a house that has a second unit. Like that sounds great. Like I think I would like that. So when I was looking, looking on Viewpoint and um, just looking around Antigonish is where I wanted to live. It was basically the only town that made sense. I'm not living in Port Hawkesbury, sorry. Um, so I was just looking for some good-looking properties. That was it. Like, I just didn't know anything. I was like, I'm just looking for a house and if it has a second unit, great. As a small town, it's like a population 5,000. There's not a lot of options there. So that I guess that meant it easy in a sense that I didn't you know, like if you're looking at Halifax, it's like, well, do I live live in Bedford? Do I live in Dartmouth? You know, do I live in the peninsula? Like that stuff makes a big difference. But when it's a small town like that, you're just like, I'm looking here. So looking and there was a really good property that came up. It was a duplex, had a basement suite, more or less turnkey. Like it was a little outdated, but you know, I was 2023 at the time. I wasn't looking for any huge renovation projects. And then right before I came back, that property was sold. So I basically landed in Nova Scotia. I thought like my parents live in Sydney. So, you know, I went and stayed with them for a couple days or whatever it was. And I thought like, oh yeah, like my dad will come like look at houses with with me, right? Like he's a pretty handy guy. Like he did everything growing up. So I'm like that, that would be great. Like, I don't know, do with my parents. Um, And then my parents were like, oh, we're actually driving out to Cold Lake, Alberta to drive my sister's car out there. We're going to be gone for the entire week. Like as soon as you land, we'll see you for like a day and then we're leaving. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm just doing it by myself, like whatever. Um, so then like the the like couple, two weeks or so before I got back, like I was still in Georgia and I was arranging all the stuff. Like I was arranging the car, I was getting it delivered. Um, I was messaging some realtors and actually the first realtor that I called, I was like, hey, like I'm looking to buy a house. And basically they just like didn't give me the time of day. Like I was just like, oh yeah, like, okay, cool. Um, awesome and I was like what do you mean I'm like I just told you like I have a a professional job like I want to buy a house and yeah it was just I kind of got like the phone slammed on me um found another realtor and then I set up these viewings I found like three really good houses that I liked and was kind of like Goldilocks like the first one was pretty good and I was like okay like all right the second one no way it was wrote off. Like, I think it has like foundation issues. Like it just, it, lo- it needed a ton of work. And then the third one that I found, and at this point I had kind of sort of given up on the whole finding a second unit to it. I was like, well, maybe like I'll rent out rooms, whatever. The third one, as soon as I walked in, it was like, perfect. Like, this is it. Great bones. Like the windows were new. The kitchen was nice. And then the best part about it, it wasn't clear on the listing, but there's actually an ensuite on the back. So it wasn't listed as a duplex, but it had uh actually technically two bedrooms in the back um in its own setup for a kitchen and didn't have a kitchen but had like the outlet um for like a stove and it had its own bathroom and and laundry and stuff like that so that's how I found my first property uh found it found it on the market on the MLS and the purchase price was 190,000 and I got them down to like 187.5 or something like that and I did 20% down on that property, um, just not knowing anything when I started. I was like, I don't know, I have enough for 20% down, like that's what I'll do. Didn't really question myself, just went straight to my bank, <laughs> got a mortgage and like literally walked in and I was like, here you go, like I'm buying property, give me what you got, let's go. Um, and that was that was pretty much it, moved in. All I owned was a kitchen table from my university house and pretty much nothing else. I actually didn't own a bed, I didn't know, I didn't know own anything. Like that day I moved in, talk, like talk about not reading your purchase and sale agreement clearly or having a good real estate agent. But on the offer, it had appliances included and then we countered. 
um, to come down to 187.5, and they took off the appliances. So I think I actually lost out in the end. I moved in, and I get there day one, I'm like, where's the fridge? So I was like, all right, we're we're going to the one appliance store in town. Like, okay, mom, let's go furniture shopping or appliance shopping. Put down like $6,000 on appliances, have them delivered. And and yeah, I just didn't know anything. I was just going for it. Yeah, my mom was kind enough to lend me a single air mattress uh, to sleep on that night. And uh, that was it. Thanks, mom. Yeah, thanks, mom. Shout out to Janice. And um yeah, like moved in and then that second unit, I to kind of like wrap this story up, I just put it on Kijiji. I was like, Yeah, like here's like rental, just to kind of see what the interest was and gauge the price point. And then I found a really good tenant, just good communication. They actually we did more like a house hack, kind of like a room share situation. Like we shared the kitchen. They lived there for two months. It actually worked out really, really well. That could have gone horribly bad. But they were great tenants, like they were really nice and um, they were just there temporarily for work. And then once they moved out, I uh, properly set up that kitchen and made it more of its own closed unit. Um, And yeah, and then I was renting. I used to rent that like little apartment for $650 a month and my mortgage was like $750 a month or something like that. So it was like almost covering the mortgage. So to me, I was like, this is great. Like, um this is a, a great deal. Like, you know, if I like lost my job, the mining had a downturn, you know, I have a good chunk of money coming in or at least what I thought back then. Um, and then I've since actually totally had that apartment um, remodeled. I had one of the walls taken down. It was a really, really bad layout. Uh, properly set it up as its own apartment, separated the, the laundry and I've actually furnished it. And now today I rent it as a furnished midterm rental. So I advertise as like monthly and then you know I just find a tenant who like the timeline will work so I actually have someone in there right now and I'm renting that for $13.50 a month and because it's an ensuite it's not like a not like a duplex with all the utilities separated out so that's why the rent is a little bit more because it's everything's included I pay for the power I pay for the heat um, I pay for the internet so that's why I'm charging uh, that much for it and yeah and i actually did uh airbnb with it last summer and that did really really well so yeah so both units or both uh, units are airbnb no um so i just have that ensuite in the back that one i did airbnb and i'm doing a furnished monthly rental on it like kind of front because it's a house it's like a house was built in the 50s kind of like a one half story two story and then the previous owners at some point in time built an ensuite on the back. So it's not a side-by-side duplex. It's like a front and back unit to it. So that I'm referencing this back unit the whole time. The main part of the house that's two stories to it and has uh, two bedrooms. That one I rent out like a traditional long-term rental. I do a year lease, year long fixed term lease and that I rent out for 1800 a month. So that properly property brings in $22,150 a month, if my math is right. Jeez. Very precise to, yeah. to the 150. Yeah, engineering, you know. And yeah, and Manny and I can oh, uh, can can. There you go. And Manny and I can yeah. confirm that the roof is in good shape. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, after the second tree has fallen on that house, yeah. that's the story for another day. I think I still need a year before I can talk about this one. Yeah, um, we'll give you a pass yeah. on that. Yeah, future yeah. episode dealing with insurance. 
Yeah, still ongoing. Um, yeah. No, just to, to wrap that up, like that was my first property. I I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, I just went for it. It's I mean, it was 2017, obviously a very good time to buy property. And then I've made some strategic moves on that property, doing some renovations, furnishing one of the units, and just keeping one of the units as a regular like long-term rental. I don't want to be dealing with you know a ton of furniture. We can talk about my other rentals another day. I don't want to have one product that I'm that I'm offering. But yeah, so that property has been really really good to me. I'm I'm making a lot more than uh, what the expenses are on it because I bought it at such a good price and I've just done some things to make it as efficient as possible. So yeah. Absolutely. What are you, Manny? So, same as you guys duplex you know on market so i i got this one under contract the end of 2019 but it ended up closing february 2020 and i don't know if you guys remember but like something big happened in the world right around february march 2020 <laughs> covid and the, the banks allowed you to freeze your mortgage for six months so i bought this place i closed february and then I paid one mortgage payment. And then for the next six months, I didn't have to pay a mortgage because they, they allowed it. It was legal. So for six months, I was like, man, this is amazing. Like, really, this is I picked the, the perfect industry. But anyways, to go You're back like, to oh, how I found this. Place. Free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this deal, it was just on the market. Yeah. Viewpoint. It was right before, you know, the market went crazy. Um, just like you, Janelle, I didn't know anything about real estate. I knew I just wanted to buy something. I was not that handy, so it had to be somewhat turnkey. I didn't know anything about the Burr model. I didn't know that. I didn't even know what refinancing was. I don't think at that time. So like, I plan yeah. on buying this thing and holding on to it for the next thirty years. So we bought it fixed, fixed um, interest rate, of course. And I learned really quickly that I do not want to deal with tenants at all because. The two people that lived there, it was an over-under duplex, three-bedroom up, two down below. Um, very nice families, but they bickered. They did not like each other at all. And I was probably 20, 25, 26 at this time. And these were two grown adult families bickering and fighting, and I was the mediator. It's like, man, I can't babysit these adults for the rest of my life. This is brutal. So I, they were calling me you know, 9, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. at night complaining about each other because they were blaring the music or one of them had a dog that was barking. Uh, this is, this is terrible, but I had no systems in place. I didn't know anything about anything. I just bought this place. So I realized then one, I'm either going to sell this building and just get out of real estate. Cause this sucks. <laughs> this is not <laughs> worth it at all. Or two moving forward, property manager systems in place. Don't have to deal with anything. Luckily I went down that second road. <laughs> um, and this, this building, honestly, like I said, those six months, solid cash flow. As you can expect when you don't have to pay a mortgage, <laughs> there's, there's pretty good cash flow because I bought it for about 310. This was in Spryfield. I was, so for the first six months, I was cash flowing like that whole, that whole 1600, it felt like. I, the electrical was all one system. So like I was paying their power, I was paying the heating, I was paying the water. So these yeah, guys, those, I don't know. Those heating huh? bills, like they're painful. Oh. Like talk about... Talk about like a, an adjustment that I made the that ensuite unit that I have in my first house. It's all electric baseboard heating, and I put in a heat pump, and I'm it's pretty diligent on like tracking costs. I was paying like up to like seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred dollar like heating bill in like March, 
And I was just like, oh my God, like I need to do something. So I put in a heat pump and now it's not, it's not great because it's still electric heat, but it's, and it's also two, it's a duplex. So it's two units, but I'm, I'm now the highest bill I've seen is like 350, 400. Um, so yeah, talk, like talk about like return on investment. Yeah, big time. Like every building I've bought since, I've converted it to electric board, uh, electric baseboard heating, and the tenants deal with it. They pay their own. They own. They pay their own power bill, because like you said, like the oil bills was crazy, man. The water. Yeah. The tenants they used to like to rat on each other. Um, the, yeah. the guy, the guy, I forget if it was down below or up top, but they they texted me and said, "Yo, the tenant upstairs or downstairs, they just have the water just draining in the backyard, just constantly, twenty four seven. And I'm like what the hell? Like, why? No wonder my water bill is freaking a thousand bucks. So, so there was definitely some, some hiccups and I learned a lot, but make a long story short, I ended up actually selling this building about a year later, the market took off. Um, I had the opportunity to make about a hundred grand doing nothing really. Cause I put no really work into this place except managing the dynamics of these two interesting families. Um, and I took that capital and I was able to put it put it into like another triplex. And at this point I've learned like, you know, uh, over that year I educated myself. I learned about the burr. I learned how to actually make your money grow. So yeah. So I took that profit and I put it into the next one and that's kind of when the ball started rolling. So this, this building, I wish, I wish I actually held it for one more year because like the peak of the market, I was probably like a year off, but I mean, I made a hundred grand. I, I didn't just, do anything. I was just going to ask if you still, if you would have preferred to hold on to that building hallway or you're still happy with your decision to sell. Cause I, I feel like I just come across that so much on social media and um, like forums. It's like, should I like hold on to this property or should I sell it? And I mean, I always feel like I'm like, yeah, you should keep it. But um, yeah, I'd love to hear like what your thoughts are on it. Yeah. No regrets on selling it because I was taking that capital and moving it into another product that was more units, more profitable. Okay, and yeah. I was able to actually, burr that building perfectly like this this duplex i could have burred it in hindsight but not because of anything i've done just because the market went crazy and to touch on your point yeah i'm always we get attached to these buildings and it's good to hold on to them because you always hear like you hold it for long term you know you'll make money no matter what it's just it's inevitable right principal pay down appreciation and the short term you might get pinched but long term you'll make money but if you're able to sell in the short term but moving that capital into another project that's more profitable, yeah, I, I don't see any problem with selling as long as the numbers make sense for you. And yeah, I don't regret selling this thing except I just I wish I sold it like a year later because then I would have made two hundred grand instead of one hundred grand. But then if I sold it now, I probably would have made a hundred grand again because the market's kind of adjusted. But that's the kind of game you play with uh, with real estate when you're buying and selling so quickly. Overall, I would say hold on if you can. But if you have goals with that capital in the short term and you, you're going to make a mean profit, I don't see why you shouldn't sell. But that's that's my bias. I don't know. Some people might disagree. But yeah, that was, that was my first building. I, uh, I, yeah, a lot of learning. A lot of learning for sure. And because of that, like I said, I don't deal with tenants anymore. Property manager moving forward. Like I can't. I don't want to answer your call. I don't care about you fighting somebody else. It's not my issue. I like real estate as an asset, but talking to the tenants is just, it's just not, not my thing. You know, my day job, I'm a nurse. I talk to people. I, I take care of them. That's how I give to the world. I don't want to deal with you. I'm letting you live here. I'm not letting you, I guess you're living in this house that I've provided for you and I'll make sure it's in good condition. But if you have an issue, talk to, talk to Nat, my property manager. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's it for all of us. Like the, 
the huge commonality that I'm hearing is that we've all learned so much on our first property and that we all just kind of like went for it. I know Ian, you, you did a lot more research than maybe Manny and I, but yeah, just, just getting in there, getting in the market. Yeah. That's the best way to learn. I think the, the fact that I didn't do much research was at least I was guided by a very good real estate agent who I mentioned, I think in, in our first pod, he was a very good investor. Um, I learned a lot from him. And it was great. His name's Jeremy. If anybody needs a realtor in Halifax, but <laughs> again, like I didn't, I didn't go in totally blind. So like even like my mortgage guy, he owned properties, and I had people around me that owned real estate. So I, I learned from a lot of people. But myself personally, I didn't really know shit at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, um, that is a thing that comes up a lot. Like if you can work with people that are already doing what it is that you want, like if you have a, if you can find an accountant that owns property, that's a huge plus. Same with, um, you know, a real estate agent. There's some real estate agents that if you want to buy your big dream house up on the hill, yeah, they're the people you want to work with. If you want to buy an investment property that's going to appreciate cash flow at the right price and yada, 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 there are certain realtors that are better at that. Same with mortgage brokers, same with pretty much all areas of, uh, of your professional dealings in real estate. So if you can find people that are actually doing what it is that you're trying to do, they're going to give you a much greater insight in how that actually works. So, And... And that's what I was more or less going to say as well, is that like, I know for myself, like I wish I had leveraged that a lot more. Like I just didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I was so young. Yeah, I just unfortunately the time just didn't really have a lot of people like around me, just in terms of like the fact that I was moving and some people were busy and family were doing this, that. But uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I just think back to like the financing was like the part of the bigger challenge, I think for me. And that I just didn't feel comfortable like asking the questions at my bank. And I think they were just a little bit kind of pushy about it. And they're like, just kind of asking these questions like fixed or open or this long or this long. And I'm like, wait, like, what does that mean? Like explain that again. So that's why like when I think to that stuff, like if people um, can find the right sort of like teachers and mentors like that, that can make a huge difference. Big time. And I can tell you from just like personal experience from um, newer investors that I've talked to over the past six to eight months, some deals have been killed by, I don't want to say inept, but like uh, a mortgage broker or a real estate agent that just was not savvy on how to close a deal. But if you were talking to the right person and you had the, you know, the right team member in place, they could have taken a, a deal down. And specifically, I talked to one guy who talked to a mortgage broker that told him that he could not buy this building because he was capped in his personal lending capacity, but it was a commercial property, you know, if he talked to a different broker, he could have made it happen, but it didn't happen for this guy. And in reality, like it was very much attainable and he probably missed out on a good, a good deal because of it. Um, so like Ian said, you, when you're new initially, especially, um, surround yourself with superstars, um, in their field, other investors and, uh, just, yeah, learn from everybody. Be a sponge. Yeah. And also too, like in terms of learning, uh, I think it's a good time to mention that if you want to be around more people who are real estate investors, uh, one great way to do that is through a meetup in Halifax. Ian and I, um, through Refined Real Estate, we started a Halifax Real Estate Investors Meetup. If you haven't checked it out before, I definitely recommend it. We do it once a month and we're actually doing one 
Um, there will be one that's happening on January 26th. The next one that he'd probably go to would be in mid to late February. So keep your eyes out for that. If you want to find out more details, then check out our Instagram, uh, Refine Real Estate NS, or you can go to our website. We also post the registration link there. Um, it's been free. We've also done before in the past a $5 donation during Christmas time. Yeah, we always strive. It's going to be a um, free event or some sort of like charity giveaway. But yeah, that's a great way to find more investors, find mortgage brokers, find real estate agents, really build your team and surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do and those superstars. Yeah, and likewise, guys, like happily to help you all on your, your journey. So you can reach out to us on Facebook, on Instagram, on all that stuff. We're, we're happy to chat, point you in the right direction and uh, basically help you out where we can. So uh, we, we certainly are, are open to that. And to touch on what Ian said, if you're buying real estate in Nova Scotia and you want to tap into our resources, our realtors, brokers, appraisers, inspectors, like you said, just reach out and we can lead you to the right people. Yeah. So I'd say that's probably it for us today, but uh, we thank you all for listening. That is us buying our very first properties. We got uh, some other interesting episodes coming up here soon, so stay tuned. And, and also too, if anyone has any great stories that they want to write in, any fun or interesting buying your first investment property, uh, please send those in. We would love to hear from you. We find some really funny ones, um, some more interesting ones. Maybe we'll even read them out on a future episode. We would love to hear from you. Again, you can find us on Instagram at Refined Real Estate NS, or you can uh, send us a message through Facebook, or you can go on our website and find more contact info. But yeah, we would love to hear from you.